Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Think before you speak. Insider tip to the IEP. To label or not. Learn about accommodations. Girls and boys and math anxiety. This is our podcast for week three in 2019. And with us is Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Disco QVR Services. Hello, Dr. Schroeder. Welcome back to us. Well, thanks for having me again. Absolutely, absolutely. Now we have wonderful uh, links uh, today. I think they're short and sweet, but very interesting for our listeners and, and come to the heart of something that uh, people do every day. And specifically the first the first one that we have here, uh, think before you speak. What can we learn here? Well, um, if you read this uh, link, so so please read it yourself because I'm, I'm not uh, repeating all the phrases, but um, many of the phrases here, uh, you can hear from goodwilling parents who like to uh, cheer on their kids from teachers and tutors, and they say them to uh, in in the supposedly to help the kids, but the psychology of our children works such that it will probably bother them more than help them, and it might even shut down the learning. So let me give some examples here. Things like, oh, this is so easy, or, well, you should know this already, are, are not helpful, and they create anxiety. And... Um, they um, they tell the kids that if you don't know this, you're apparently not getting it, or you even worse, you're you're dumb. So um, one that is not listed is um, you're so smart. That's one of the things I hear uh, teachers say to um, uh, give children a compliment, and also parents like to say that when when their child has completed something that was uh, rather complicated. But it's better to refer to their accomplishment as hard work. So you can say things like, oh, great, well done. I I can see how hard you worked on this. Or um, you really worked through this problem because they have no control over being smart. Right. But they do have control over working, working hard, hard and trying. Exactly. So when you tell them that they're smart, okay. you run the risk of them okay. shutting down as they... They try to make them think positive and feel good about themselves. But, but they, they, they might be afraid that right. when they don't get it, they are right. all of a sudden not so smart anymore. And they can actually develop a fear uh, for that. So um, it's all well intended. But this post is a great reminder how you can help your child even more. It doesn't cost a penny. Right. And yeah. uh, it's very effective. And just pay attention to the things that you say. It is like my late mom used to say when I was preparing for a test. She would say, oh, I'm sure you're going to uh, make it this on this test. Nobody in our family has ever failed these kind of tests. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's up to me now. You might be the first that, one. Right, I might be the first one. It, it did encourage me to work uh, my uh, tiny butt off uh, very hard. Now, the next one is uh, about insider tips to the IEP. And um, 
and let's listen in for a moment. This is a video. Comes to us from the okay, so uh, understood we're organization. Here. We're going to talk about all kinds of things before an IEP and during an IEP meeting, and as both understood editors and moms who have been to um, so many IEP meetings. Right, we've got yeah. a we've got a lot to yeah. say about this topic, and I think a lot of information and tips that we can yeah. offer. Um, and hopefully other parents, even if they only pick up on a couple of them, they'll be able right. to use them to make the IEP meeting easier, easier and less stressful. Because yep. that's the part that's like so hard. Well, that sounds good. Easier and less stressful. Uh, right, because I, I can tell you um, that those IEP meetings are indeed very stressful for parents. And uh, thank you, you mentioned this is from the Understood website that yes. we have uh, quoted more often. It's a fantastic source of information. I can only advise all parents to, uh, to go there because not many are aware of their rights and are just following the lead of the school. But it is important to know some more about your rights and be prepared, come prepared to such a meeting. Well, that means that you have to put in a lot of time and effort because it's all new territory. Now, some schools will confront you with a draft and ask you to sign. And parents, not being experts, um, do not always understand all the lingo that's in there and they may agree with something um, that has several positive things in there but might in other parts be not so beneficial for their child and it might be not the most uh, optimal support so this is a great video and and like i said you really need to go and uh, check it out um, watch it completely and um, Make sure you are prepared before you go to an IEP. Be careful not to immediately sign. It's better to take the IEP proposal home and discuss it with your spouse or somebody else who is uh, interested in your uh, student and, and maybe uh, knowledgeable about education or bring somebody to your meeting. Right, if you're allowed to bring somebody with you right yeah an advocate an expert an expert your and, mom um, your grandma and also um like i said be sure you understand the lingo right. before you sign something right. don't be shy just ask for an explanation right. this is all right. uh difficult stuff right and obviously the schools are are, are trying their best uh sure you know, uh, i mean they're, they're, they're all on you're all on the same team you're all trying to help your child absolutely but uh but but the pie is only so large and you need to make sure that you get enough of that pie mm -hmm. that is available to you very good very good the uh now then the next uh, the next league is interesting i mean should we talk about this uh, or or not at all should we label those children at all or should we just not tell them that they actually have a learning disability wow um good question uh this is the link to a linkedin article from professor amanda kirby and she writes a, a really well thought through article here and she lists the pros and cons. Now, she includes a nice paragraph with the balance, with on one side the arguments against labeling, like it can be a stigma, 
by the student themselves, or it can pose a stigma uh, for others, and the fear that the label becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Now, on the pro side, um, she mentions arguments like, well, this gives access to support and support networks. Right. So if you don't and tell the school that your child has dyscalculia, they, they never, won't get any help. Right. right. It is point. kind of That's your ticket to get access to services. Yes. And it can also help your child or student to understand what's going on, that they're not stupid, but learning in a different way. Sure. So it's a great advice. And yes, it's not something that has just one um, one answer fits all. Parents and teachers have to weigh these arguments, pro and con. And as long as the label should be a starting point right. to do something about it, instead of an end point, like a, a stamp, yeah. then it I feel it is positive. Sounds good. Sounds good. We're talking to Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com, and we're looking at the links provided on the website DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com. Now, the, the next one, uh, again, as I said in the beginning, this is a wonderful uh, week with lots of links for parents with uh, immediate use for them. And, and in fact, the next uh, link is about all about accommodations, and it's a, it's a copy, actually, of an email that I got. Yeah, that was an, an email that we got from the understood organization and uh, because we have uh, entered our um, our email uh, and we are happy to receive their information. Yes. Now, this email has so much information about accommodations all in one place that more people should see it. And you can really benefit from going over this list and all the advice that is in here. Parents should read this, get familiar with all that's possible and how it works. Um, yeah, just a great email to to read. I, I don't want to uh, go over this long list because that would be boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, you there do is a need limit to, to our time on the podcast. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. you need to read this yourself. Yeah. Uh, our, our final <laughs> link uh, for the week uh, says, Girls and boys react differently to mad anxiety. Okay, is, is that my bias that it's just the girls who are always being anxious? Is that the thing? And the boys are tough and they, they don't have that. Is that is so? That so here, here, we, here we get the, the <laughs> being from Mars or Venus again. Huh? Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> we've, we've talked about this before. Right. So this is an article in uh, the journal Frontiers in Psychology. It's a new study from the Department of Cognitive Neuroscience and uh, Developmental Cognitive Neuroscience. Uh, section um, in the Maastricht University of um, my homeland, the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And it shows that although boys and girls showed more or less equal levels of math anxiety and performed similarly at the, uh, the math task, um, analysis showed that only in girls the math anxiety Anxiety really hold them back and significantly correlated with math performance. Analysis um, that uh, was investigating if math anxiety was the moderator uh, of the effect of gender and grade on math performance 
showed that there was a significant difference between boys and girls, like you started uh, uh-huh. the link, and a higher level of math anxiety really uh, significantly um, was linked to lower math performance in girls, and the greatest effect could be absorbed already in second grade girls. In second grade. Yes, okay. yes. This was a, a study where they had uh, second and fourth grade uh, students. In total, I think, uh, 124 students. Uh, and uh, this w- the comparison was done with the 62 second graders, and they were all tested for uh, math anxiety. So this doesn't say that the fourth graders did not have that same link. It was so far only... Um, compared for the second graders. Okay. Um, now, and we also know that girls develop uh, math anxiety in early high school years. If that is so, it tends to continue all through high school, even if they are doing well in math. Right. And another gender difference to keep in mind is that girls are more affected by tem- time pressure in tests than boys. Okay. Well, that's clear. Well, that finalizes um, our links for the week. Thank you very much. It was a very interesting week. Uh, lots of tips for the uh, parents and for our listeners. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of Disco Coolia Services. Go to her website. Do the Disco Coolia screener that's available for free there on the left side. And, um, and then after that, you can do a more... A comprehensive math and discoculia screening test at discoculiatesting.com. Now, Dr. Schroeder is on a mission to increase the number of discoculia tutors in the country. There are not enough discoculia tutors. So she has developed an online course and you can become a discoculia tutor. So all about that is at discoculiatutor.org. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.